0: You're listening to The Jill Monaco Show, episode number three. Welcome to The Jill Monaco Show. I'm your host, Jill. Each week, I hope to bring you a message that inspires, encourages, or challenges you to go after and live a life you love. Join me and my friends as we explore what it means to love God, love ourselves, and love others. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Here we go. We're talking about Doing Life Messy, Performance and Perfectionism with Shelby Harvo. I am so thrilled to have my very good friend Shelby on the show today. Shelby and I have been friends for years. She has significantly challenged me to think differently about faith, relationships, and prayer. I'm looking forward to you getting to know Shelby the way that I've gotten to know her. For those of us that have a desire for excellence, sometimes we struggle with needing to have it all together all the time. We will discuss what we've learned about perfectionism and performance and how it relates to shame how Shelby learned not to be perfect in fourth grade, and what God showed me about my desire for excellence and how it made me want to have a perfect relationship with God. And be sure to stay to the end of the show so you can hear what is really challenging Shelby right now. I think it's something we can all relate to. And she turned the tables on me, so I'll share what's challenging me right now too. Before we get into the show, I want to thank our sponsor, Oasis Audio. Without the sponsors, I wouldn't be able to do this podcast. Oasis Audio is a Christian audiobook publisher that has so many great titles for you to choose from. Some of their audiobooks feature me as the narrator, so you may want to check out Wait and See by Wendy Pope or a really cool fiction story set in World War II called With Love Wherever You Are. As a side note, I had to do over 10 different accents on that one. So you can find more titles at oasisaudio.com or wherever audiobooks are sold. Well, I am so glad to have my very good friend Shelby Harveau with us today. I love her last name. It's such like a Hollywood name. Um, (laughs) She is one of my closest friends. And so when you have a podcast, you know you can bring people on your podcast that you just think are amazing. And nobody may know her. It's not like she's an author or something, but she is someone that I think people need to know. She is a worship leader. She's a singer, songwriter, and she's a newlywed to a musician as well. His name is Miller, and he is fantastic. In fact, they just scored a super cute apartment in LA uh, that I saw a few months ago. She also works for Bowles Ministries and is one of the most organized people I know. So I am so glad to have you all meet Shelby. Shelby, I'm so glad you're here. Oh, thank you, Jill. I'm so excited
1: to be here, and uh, you made me sound fabulous <laughs> by your introduction. So you thanks. are fabulous. I'm gonna keep you around, okay, my friend. Uh, no, I'm so excited to be a part today, and yeah, when you said, Shelby, I'm gonna do a podcast, and I would like to be uh, to have you a part of it. I just thought I would absolutely love that to support you in what you're going after. Even last night, my husband and I, you mentioned in Miller, we had some guests over here and we were just chatting about the podcast and they were like, what's it going to be about? Who's Jill? And I got down to, honestly, Jill's kind of a life guru (laughs) (laughs) and she's just going to share her thoughts and her experience on life with people and really push them forward To be the best them, to be living fully thriving in purpose, Chasing after dreams, risking, looking at uh, yourself, and seeking that inner healing so that you can become whole and can become uh, free in each way. So I was just super excited. They're like, Aww. "Oh my gosh, that sounds amazing!" And I'm like, "Well, she is amazing. So the podcast has to be fabulous." <laughs> well, so, you made you made me sound <laughs>
0: like you gave me an introduction. Um, so you, you're welcome. Thank, no,
1: thank but you. I'm just so excited to be with you as my friend. We go back so many years. And I'll let you share about that a little bit. But yeah, thanks for having me on. It's an honor.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You know, um, one of the things that I love about how God just really brought us together as friends is we were forced to be roommates on a mission trip. And (laughs) sometimes like those arrangements don't work out so great, you know. (laughs) Um, But we had so much fun. I just remember we would come uh, back from whatever our you know, thing was for the day, and we'd get back to the hotel room, and then we would end up just talking and laughing so much that we didn't really sleep much because it's we so were true. up late. I was
1: so tired on that trip, <laughs> but it was well worth it.
0: One of my favorite memories on the trip, though, was seriously um, eating at the same place for lunch every day.
1: Oh, my Lord. They had the worst vegetables. I don't know. Like, I love you, Cali Columbia. Let's just be honest. You, right. Your people are phenomenal. The trip was great. But I don't know what their vegetables were. I remember one I was it. almost like a wet carpet with some rubber on the bottom. And I was so upset about it. But yeah, we did eat at the exact same spot every day.
0: Yeah. I mean, that just makes you really um, bond with people (laughs) because nobody complained. Like, we never said anything to each other because we're there to serve and, you know, our guests took us there. And the first day, we were like, oh, this is pretty good, you know? Right. Exactly. um, By day five, we were like... And then there was the heat and the swollen ankles. Do you remember that? Yes.
1: Well, and if I remember correctly, the swollen ankles came from all the saline in the water, right? To make it, like, drinkable for us. So all of us (laughs) were just puffy, By
0: the end of the trip. i didn't have ankle bones for days <laughs>
1: right it was terrible <laughs> oh my goodness
0: um, and then I, I remember i don't really sweat very well um let me that's tmi for a podcast but i remember <laughs> it was so hot we were dripping wet yes i mean these are the things that really bond people right uh,
1: truth if you can handle a mission trip with somebody and enjoy it you know mm-hmm. that you can be friends i think that's, <laughs> that's the baseline here <laughs>
0: That's right. Well, um, you know, we've been friends, like you said, for so many years. And I've been so encouraged by you. I think I, my favorite times are when we get together to pray together. And we just pray over each other and we prophesy over one another. And God just really encourages us as as I pray yeah. for you and call you and just say, hey, Shelby, this is what I'm getting from the Lord. and um And so those are my favorite moments. And one of the things we've been talking about lately um, has really been about perfectionism and performance in our lives in general and our relationships and our faith and our work. And, um, you know, as someone as you are so good at keeping people organized and keeping (laughs) on top of things and you do things with such excellence and I'm that way a lot, too. I I don't like to do something unless I know it's going to be Awesome. Unless I know I'm going to do it the best. And sometimes I have trouble pulling the trigger because I just want to make sure everything is perfect. And even doing this podcast, I, you know, I've never done a podcast before. And I really felt like the Lord told me at church one Sunday that Jill, I just want you to do it messy. Just what I've been telling my freedom coaching clients. Just do it. Just start (laughs) like it doesn't have to be perfect because we'll get better the longer we do something. Um, So I just thought the conversation we had um, was so encouraging to me. I just really wanted my listeners to hear us talk about this subject, because I think it's a problem in the world today, but it's also in the church today. And we're afraid to be vulnerable and authentic and say, I don't have it all together, And we have this image that we have to portray as Christians, especially that um, we have it all together. We might not get a platform or lose our platform or all that gross stuff instead of just being us. Um, So I'm excited to talk to you about that today.
1: I love it. I'm so excited about it. Let's dive in. Well, you know,
0: I found a quote from Brene Brown um, on Oprah's website, and she talked about how perfectionism is not not about striving for excellence. And, you know, I really go back and forth with that. I want to do things with excellence. We work hard as unto the Lord, right? Right. Um, But I want to read what she said. She said, for some of us, including me, what I'm about to say is horrifying. Perfectionism is not about achievement and growth. Perfectionism is the belief that if we live perfectly, look perfectly, and act perfectly, we can avoid the pain of blame, judgment, and shame.
1: Oh my goodness, that Brene Brown. (laughs) I know. She just knows how to like throw it right at you.
0: (laughs) Isn't that so true? Like it's – so, you know, I think one of the the things that she is known for is the shame thing. But I never really connected perfectionism to shame before. So –
1: I don't know if I had either. It it makes perfect sense to me, though, why you would strive for that, because nobody wants to feel (laughs) shamed. Nobody wants to feel uh, rejected anyway. So that makes makes sense.
0: Yeah. She then goes on to say, most perfectionists um, also grew up being praised for achievement and performance in their grades, manners, and appearance. And she said, somewhere along the way, we adopted this dangerous and debilitating belief system that... I am what I accomplish and how well I accomplish it. And um, and I just thought, you know, I have done that. I was a singer and dancer yeah. and actor my whole life. And I it was all about performance all the time. I was judged on my performance. And I got very used to being criticized. And yeah, that was
1: your constant culture.
0: Yeah, and it was okay. They were just trying to make me better. But when you change that over to... Uh, you know, faith and working in a church, it it just doesn't translate very well. So tell me what is, um, what are some of the thoughts that you have? Because you've gone through your own journey. um, And, you know, just really early on, actually, one of the stories you told me was that in fourth grade, you decided not to be perfectionist. And I was so like, Oh my gosh, this is why I love Shelby. She's so freaking brilliant <laughs> at such a young age.
1: Like how at does fourth f- grade I already knew how to live life? Like um, what is who does that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking about this morning even that story. And I thought, you know, part of it was a healthy decision to no longer live in perfectionism, but some of it actually stunted my growth. And so I just wanted to share the story really fast. Yeah, uh, no, Talk about little Shelby in fourth grade and then just kind of dissect it a little bit. And even some research we found uh, that kind of points right to it and ties into it. So basically little Shelby in fourth grade, we had, it was history class and we had this amazing project we had to do. And it was on a shoebox. You had to create an ocean scene. And I was a perfectionism, or perfectionism, no, perfectionist at a young age. And I went home and I told my mom, I have to build an ocean scene on top of this box. (laughs) And God bless her and her love for Michael. She knew exactly where to go. But I ended up actually getting a real ceramic uh, lighthouse. And we got confetti for the ocean and real sand. Like, I don't know why she allowed that in the house. (laughs) But we brought it all home. And here's the thing to know about me. I am not an arts and crafts person. I'm just not. Like you said, I'm organized. I'd rather spend a day organizing a room than I would putting like a scrapbook together. That's just (laughs) my personality. And so I spent the entire weekend trying to put this box together and there were tears there was screaming there was throwing uh but by the end of it I got it together (laughs) and I was pretty excited about it because I wanted that 100 grade point average and so I took it in on Monday and I had a really really good friend She is the type that doesn't have to try and still get straight A's top of her class. I was the kid that had to try to get the A's. I had the A's, (laughs) but I had to try. And so I brought it in and I sat my box down next to hers and she had done nothing. Everything was just colored on, uh, nothing. It didn't look like she had put any effort into it which is okay. It's not a criticism of her, but I just looked at the two and I'm like, oh my goodness. Well, we ended up getting our grades back and I got a 100, which is amazing, but she got a 99. And I just, I remember in that moment thinking, you know, that weekend of anguish (laughs) for my little fourth grade mind was not worth the perfectionism that I was trying to achieve. And so looking back at the story, I did let go of this mentality of, my goodness, I have to do everything perfect to succeed and to make it. But I realized, just like I said, thinking it over this morning, I also stopped making effort as well. So Mm -hmm. if I looked at something and I thought, you know what, I'm not going to be able to do that with excellence. I'm not even going to try. And so that has really held me back quite a bit in life. And I'm just now stepping into a season where I'm learning to value the messy, like you were talking about. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this ties into some of the research that we were finding. Psychologists were just talking about how a lot of depression is linked to perfectionism and that made perfect sense to my mind because when you can only do something in a perfect way, that means that you either will start to try something and as you start to fail, then you feel the shame or mm-hmm. you fear, you feel the uh, fear of failure. And so you stop yourself and you don't get to see your project uh, to fruition. Mm -hmm. You don't get to see what you're actually capable of. Or it also does uh, what it did to me where I just stopped even trying. So anything that I wasn't naturally good at or that maybe I was naturally good at it, but it was so close to my heart that if anybody saw me fail in it, I would feel rejected. I wouldn't even try. And that has led to different moments of depression in my life, of looking at my life going, you know what? The life that's in front of me isn't the one that I wanted to cultivate or develop. And so it just really, really resonated when we found that research. And I don't know if you have any more to speak on about that research. I'm sure that you have um, some, some good thoughts and I'd love to hear them. But for me... I was just like, yes, because you get fear of failure or fear of even trying and you can't yeah. cultivate the life that you want without that. So,
0: You know, I recently posted something on Instagram and said fear tries to write us, tell you there's a story that hasn't been written yet. Mm. And so fear of failure is really fear just speaking to you. And we know from the Bible that, um, that perfect love casts out fear. And so yeah. fear is actually a, um, a spirit that really tries to get us to stop from doing what God's called us to do. And yeah, true. Um, And that's when people experience depression and anxiety. Um, And of course, you know, you're plagued with guilt or you obsess over your little mistakes. And that's what some of the things that we had, you know, looked up when we were looking Mm -hmm. at perfectionism that talked about the one that surprised me, though, that I've known, like, I've always wanted to do things with excellence and I've always thought of it that way. But what I realized was in some ways I start being a perfectionist. I wouldn't really call myself a perfectionist because there's lots of things that I'm like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I understand um, that. Maybe should have done that better. Um, so, but, you know, some tendencies that you're like, oh, in that area. So I found that sometimes I might be a little bit more wanting things a little too perfect because if I can make it perfect, I can control my environment and then right. I can control the outcome. I can control how I feel and the results. And results might be like the one hundred grade or it might mm-hmm. be that person likes me or right. I fit into that crowd or exactly. I get that job or I get that accolade. But one of the things in the research that I found really surprising, coming from someone who didn't think they were a perfectionist, um, <laughs> and I'm still fighting it because I am not a perfectionist. Um, I really believe what <laughs> That is what right, Jill. You are not. I am not. Um, just go, I can show you, I can show anybody some evidence of that. But <laughs> I think what we declare over ourselves is important. And so, um, but anyway, back to the one thing that showed me, it says that you're a big procrastinator. And I did never yeah, attribute it. Didn't it? Like- yeah. We, if people who are afraid to not do it right just don't do it at all, which is what you were saying from your story. Yep.
1: I, uh, one that really hit me on there too was obsess over your mistakes. Mm. <laughs> I was like, oh no, I still have more to work on. <laughs> Cause I am totally the person that lies awake at night just obsessing over every little thing. And my sweet husband, he's the type that's like, are we going to bed? <laughs> And I'm like, oh my lord, have mercy! Like, are you not gonna like, you know, sit there and self-criticize and think about how you can improve? So, I that was one that really hit me.
0: One of the other things was they said, some we have this phrase that has become socially acceptable, which is "go big or go home." Mm -hmm. And you know, we're like, yeah, that's the way to live life. And that showed up under the ways, you know, signs that you're a perfectionist. And I thought, oh. You know, that's right. This goes back to God saying doing it messy. Like just yeah. do something. I remember when um, I was getting to ready to launch my course from looking to loving for single women, and I knew exactly how to launch a course. I'd done tons of research on online marketing. I knew the funnel, and for those that aren't in, you know, don't understand anything, you know, I knew exactly what needed to be done before I launched the course, and I really sensed the Holy Spirit being like, "You need to do this now." Like yeah. women need this course now. And so what I did was I started advertising it just through word of mouth and friends. I didn't have a website. I had nothing. I had follow this link to my PayPal to sign up. <laughs> and it was like, could not have been less perfect. glamorous. That's right. what i yeah. perfect. <laughs> it couldn't have been perfect at all. <laughs> In fact, I never even wrote it. Like I knew, oh, I'm gonna talk on these four things, but I didn't develop them. I didn't have any of the um activations or prayers or a workbook I had nothing and so I sold it and 20 people signed up and I was oh like my goodness I uh, okay so um <laughs> and it was really cool because every week I would spend time with the Lord I would work on what the topic was that week he would give me so much insight and then I would teach on the phone on a conference call and we did that for 4 weeks and so many people got freedom and That's really so be- walked into their destiny several of those women ended up getting engaged and married that year do you remember that that was the year that you actually met miller
1: yes that was like the year of the push of the singles getting married it was wonderful yeah. <laughs> but yeah
0: wait 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 pause everyone but me all right oh Can we just get out there?
1: <laughs> hey, I'm just saying, she's single. She's beautiful. I know. I know,
0: right? <laughs> uh, now we're going to take a break for our sponsor to say, hey, um, Jill is available. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, one of the things that we were talking about that I really wanted to share was this goes back to God telling me to be more vulnerable and authentic than that's comfortable for me on this podcast. Mm. And so, I'm going to share um, a story of something that God was really talking to me about. Um, And this morning, as I was thinking about sharing this story, I was reminded of something God said to me years ago. And I was talking to him about performance then. And I asked him, Why do I think this way? Why do I think I need to produce and I need to achieve and I need to accomplish and work really hard and be the first one in the office, the last one to leave? And so, Um, And he's and it was he's so kind, like I hear God's voice in such a kind tone. And I said, God, why do I think this way? And he said, it's because that's how you were raised. Mm -hmm. That's how the people you were surrounded by, especially with the acting, like, that's what you got used to. And he said, society still says that that we're supposed to achieve more and and better and God showed me he wants us to achieve in a way that is a bigger like a bigger bowl like we're bigger capacity we have a larger capacity love to love a larger capacity to give which giving a little or giving a lot doesn't take more effort it's just right. it's just different it's not mm-hmm. more it's not bigger I feel and like it's so just a different mindset Totally. Yeah. And to shift that really, for me, only comes from hearing the Lord on how do you see this situation? And, um, and so one of the, the story I wanted to share was I was really, this is so vulnerable. This is like, okay, I, I, this is messy. Do it. Go for um, it. <laughs> <laughs> but I was talking to God. Uh, I take prayer walks and I was talking to him about someone that I saw advance in ministry. Like, they were getting more speaking engagements and more, you know, platform. And they had done something to me that was really wrong and never apologized, even though I had tried to, like, work that out with them. And they just wouldn't talk to me.
1: That's so hard. Oh, I feel like we can so all hard. identify with those those types of moments. Keep going.
0: Yeah. Some people just don't want to deal with conflict. And we have to give <laughs> them grace to be them. Like, I can yeah. do me. Let them do them. But still, I was restless, And I wasn't holding any offense. But And I had moved beyond that. But when I saw them advancing, I thought, I was like, God, I just don't get that. Why yeah. would you, you know, they're not following the quote unquote Christian rules. So why should they deserve advancement? They're not advancement? performing they're not yeah even in the spiritual sense right it's not just exactly. things we accomplish in the natural and and so you know i was being really vulnerable with the lord and being like that please explain to me why you would allow something like this and and what's interesting is in the middle of saying it i knew he had given me grace when i didn't deserve it God had given me opportunities in ministry when I absolutely no one knew but me and God that my attitude was bad or, you know, just stuff. We're just not perfect before we get certain graces. And it reminded me. So here's what the Lord showed me. He said, Jill, you know, when I'm kind to people, they repent. It's his kindness that leads us to repentance because choosing for him to choose to give somebody something good, it gives them hope. And when people have hope and kindness, it's because of that that they're transformed by the way that God loves them.
1: That's so good, Jill.
0: So sometimes we are not qualified for the place God put us, but the humility we get by knowing we don't deserve to be in this place that causes us to love people better and to be more gracious and to say, Lord, I don't deserve this. Thank you. And we yeah. do, we do repent then for our sin and for our attitudes and um, because we're just much more aware. Of the weight and the glory of God on that, um, because you know, if there's shame, punishment, despair, or discouragement, that's not really gonna help someone love better. That's exactly. they're gonna they're gonna be wrapped up in themselves. So yeah. honestly, being advanced before we're ready is part of God's plan. Um, he he's done that with so many people in the Bible. Moses, um, you know, at, he was like, please, I can't even talk. Don't send me into that situation. So but the, the cool thing was from there, after he showed me that, I realized that sometimes I judge myself and I say, I am not performing well enough. I don't deserve that blessing from God. Um, yeah. And I think we've, if,
1: we've definitely all been there on that one, too. Like, why would you even choose me in this moment? Don't you see me in my mess?
0: Like, Yeah, talking about. for sure. And, you know, what's really dangerous is it goes, if we kind of, like, pull that string one more little, if we pull it just a little bit further, what gets revealed is that we judge God. Mm. We judge God to not give good Talk gifts. Talk on that one. <laughs> right? We think that he shouldn't give us good gifts if we don't perform, and we think he shouldn't give them good gifts if they don't perform. Yeah, And so we judge God as a conditional loving God instead of an unconditionally loving God. And so, of course, all right, so I fell right back into performance because I said, so my next conversation with the Lord was like, God, how do I fix that about me? How do I get perfect again, though? (laughs) Darn it! And so in the middle of thinking... You know, I just want to be a better person. Help me to love unconditionally. And I was repenting. I'm like, I'm so sorry I didn't love that person unconditionally. And you know, I said, What do I do? And his answer was brilliant, as only God can be. Oh, and do he, you tell. <laughs> he, it was brilliant. He said, just try again. Like very oh, simple. <laughs> like, like, duh. Okay, so you failed, so just try again. Um, and so that really like freed me to realize that even if we don't love conditionally, um, we just are free to try again.
1: Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. That is definitely a beautiful thing. I love your story and just all the different layers of the story because it, it started out about you really essentially judging what this other person was receiving because you didn't see them walking in perfectionism. And then that led you to a conversation with the Lord where you're like, oh dear, my thought process was wrong. Now I need help being perfect. (laughs) And he's like, wait, no, no, no. I don't need anybody to be perfect. I just need you guys to walk your life process and be I'm going to be alongside you and I'm going to help grow and develop you. But- I never am striving per, for perfection out of you. I'm mm-hmm. I'm just asking for you to try. I'm asking for you to engage. I'm asking for you to love yourself and to love others well. I just right. I love that story and I think it fits perfectly into what we're talking about at the podcast at so many different levels at a, a performance-based level and that then just as your own critical judge it's just it's beautiful so
0: well you know i think that's the christian life and i talk about it so much when i'm coaching like we need to learn how to love god love ourselves and love others because what comes to us is cultivated in us and is communicated through us and Mm. so that's really three pieces that we can't love others until we love ourselves and we can't really love ourselves until we love god and know how he loves us um because we've had so many bad examples um you know, one of the the things that as I was thinking about performance, I came across uh, a blog post that Chris Vallotton, out of Bethel Church in Reading, wrote. Oh, I and love that man. I do too. He just is. She just puts things in a way that I can't say it. So I'm just going to read his quote. <laughs> <Sounds> um, <good. laughs> he said, "Performance will just insist on more performance, becoming a ceaseless cycle of falling short of ours and others' expectations. Our continual awareness of inadequacy and ineptness." Results in the need to do more and the need to do it right.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: So we're like in this terrible circle, you know, cycle, right?
1: Yeah. I've always heard the saying of if you strive to get somewhere, you're going to have to strive to stay there. And I've never necessarily associated that with perfectionism, but I think it actually fits in this moment and with what. Chris is just saying about don't get yourself trapped in a cycle of going after perfectionism because you're going to have to keep yourself there Uh, and life's going to be really tiring.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. So, so true. And you know, when we feel insignificant or... Um, not accepted or unworthy, we spend all of our time focusing on trying to get to feel worthy, to feel accepted or significant, um, Mm -hmm. approved. And so there's that phrase, whatever we focus on gets power in our lives. So the more we try to get rid of feeling unworthy, the more we feel unworthy. You know, I think of Matthew, um, and I think it's Matthew 11, um, 28 through 30, um, it's, it's just, I mean, we hear this all the time. But I think this is perfect for this area, for anyone out there that is struggling with doing things perfectly or performing. It said, uh, and Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Oh my goodness! I love- that
1: gave me so much peace, just even then. Uh, <laughs> reading right? it. I love that.
0: Because really, what you know, what does rest look like? Like, what does rest look like to you in your life when Jesus says, "Don't be burdened, Shelby. I, I want to give you rest." What does that look like? I think that's something that I'm
1: still really discovering, honestly. Uh, I think it's learning to trust. And I, I know that we were going to go over maybe some of what's challenges, challenging us in life right now. And I mm-hmm. think that's the one, one of the things for me is pairing what I want in life with what I'm hearing from the Lord about life and then also resting in it and not striving mm-hmm. towards it, not trying to perform my way to it uh, and trusting Him and trusting me. And so I yeah. think when the Lord says rest, it's really getting to a place. And I don't necessarily know how to talk about this from a place of I've conquered, but I can talk mm-hmm. about it from a place of process. It's just learning how to step back and not ask what if questions about life. What if I make this decision and it goes this way? Or what if I do this and it goes that way? Um, mm-hmm but rather it it should be more of a focus of, hey, I'm going to make this choice because I have peace about this and I'm going to rest in that and I'm going to celebrate that choice. Even if I fall and fail, you're there to pick me back up and I mm-hmm. have the ability to do that. So I think that's what rest and peace looks like for me is trusting in my ability to fail And get back up, trusting in my ability to hear the Lord and follow correctly, trusting in my ability to uh, love myself and believe in myself and move forward. Does all of that
0: make sense? Yeah. You know, it reminds me of, um, uh, you know, there's so many things that we say in Christendom, but one is that we're, you know, we're operating from identity, not for identity, Mm -hmm. It's good. And I think that's what rest looks like. Um, it could be a whole other podcast just on rest. But we're yeah. operating our lives from a place of knowing we're loved rather than trying to be loved. That we're yeah. operating our lives from a place of knowing we are fully accepted in Christ instead of trying to earn his love and his acceptance. Um, and so I think that is you know, learning to rest. And, and like he said in the verse, like if you just take my yoke and learn from me yeah. and we need to do that by spending time with him and finding out how he sees us in our circumstances because how he sees things is totally peaceful and at rest. Um, no striving. He's not, he's not trying to get people to like him, you know? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. He's um, just being. You know, one of the... Um, you wrote an article recently for Single Matters. So thank, thank you for being a new writer for Single Matters magazine. Yes, I'm so excited. <laughs> and um, I found it fascinating because you wrote about the what-ifs in life. Talk about that a little bit.
1: Yes. But as far as the article goes, I actually mentioned it a little bit about when we were talking about rest and kind of what I'm going after. But I just lived a lifestyle of what-ifs. So every time an opportunity was brought before me – I wasn't necessarily excited about the opportunity because I would sit there and think like, well, what if I take this, but then we don't have enough finances? Or what if I take this, but we have enough finances, but I'm actually not health- or happy or healthy. <laughs> that could be a thing. Right. Um, but, you know, there was just everything that was thrown at me, whether it be good or bad, there was a what if attached to it. And that what if led to stress and striving and lying awake at night and... Just not trusting that my future will be good and that mm-hmm. it will naturally happen if I make the best decisions that I can with what's in front of me now, but not trying to plan out my future right now. Mm-hmm. All I can do is actually live for today and have grace for today.
0: Yeah. And, and, and when you say, what if, it's like, well, what if this doesn't work out? But the exactly. opposite side is, well, what if it does?
1: Exactly. Exactly. And my husband Miller has been really good about just displaying this in my life. He naturally is a very present person, probably sometimes to a fault, like so (laughs) present that there's no plan even for that evening at dinner. And I just really want to know what to eat. Um, (laughs) But he's very good about saying, you know, I don't know what the future is going to hold, but this is what's right in front of me, and I'm going to try to make the most of it. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to try to enjoy it, or I'm going to try to dive into it. And if I stumble and fail, it's okay. At least I tried. At least I'm learning. And so that's something that's been really developing in my life is trying. And even, like you said, I'm starting to write for Single Matters in this article. It's one of the first articles that I have really poured my heart and soul into with the thought of maybe this will help somebody and I'm going to risk it. I'm going to put my voice out there and see what the response is and Mm -hmm. hoping that even if it's just for one person, that it, it identifies with them and they're able to know that they're not alone and they can go after it. So I think that's really what, yeah, I think that's really what the article was about was stopping the what ifs engaging in life fully in the present, trusting that the future will happen and that it will be good as long as I make the most of today, and taking risk because of that and not being afraid to fail. Uh, so that's, that's right. really what the article, and it's more in depth you know, when it gets posted with Single Matters this month, but that's really what the, the article was going after, mm-hmm. and I think it actually ties into perfectionism, what For we're sure. talking about here today, so...
0: Yeah. Like, just put it out there. Do it messy. See what happens. Like you said, even if it helps one person. So um, one of the things I I always want to ask every guest is what is something that is challenging you right now?
1: Oh, my goodness. So I think I actually kind of already mentioned it earlier. I'll just kind of loop it back in. But as I'm taking off the scales of perfectionism as I'm taking off the ceiling that I placed on myself and I'm no longer trying to answer every what if question. I am actually opening up my eyes and my ears and my heart to receive a lot more from the Lord. And he's been Mm -hmm. talking to me a lot about my future. And he's just been whispering some things that for me are really big. Maybe not by worldly standards, they're really big, but for Shelby's heart, uh, they're very big things. They're very intimate things. And so I'm now being challenged to trust my own ability to hear, trust my own ability um, to risk. And to try and also pair that with trusting the Lord and that He'll provide the right opportunities and the right open doors. Because these are things that I can't do in my own strength. And so it's just a a matter of actually believing in God-sized dreams, I think. That's the most challenging thing for me right now Mm -hmm. is just belief that it could actually happen and that God is that good. I've always known him to be good, but it's a whole other level of good that I'm starting to see. And so it's it's a daily uh, effort for me to choose to say yes to what I'm hearing, to believe in it, and to walk towards it. So that is my current challenge, but I'm Mm -hmm. not going to let you off this podcast without (laughs) you sharing what
0: your current challenge is. (laughs) I want to know that. Oh, my goodness. Um, Okay, so my current challenge, the first thing that comes to mind is, um, it's so funny, this podcast. Like, just getting ready (laughs) to launch this podcast. I had no idea how much work it was to launch a podcast. birthing a baby. I am. um, I think, really, like, if I think about, kind of caught off guard by the question, but if I think about spiritually, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> no, that's all right. Um, spiritually, what I'm challenged with right now, I think, is getting to a place where um, I only do the God things. And Jesus mm-hmm. said, "I only do and say what the Father is saying and doing," it's and. So good. I have so many opportunities right now in ministry and speaking and coaching, um, writing a book, starting this podcast. I have so many things going on that, you know, I stop probably every week and say, Lord, is there anything that I'm doing that isn't your timing? Because I believe all these things are from you, um, but at any time you can take them away. And that really challenges me to keep my hands open and say, Lord, it's, you know, I, I, I want to do what you want. But what's really funny is usually he turns it around on me and says, well, what do you want? What do you want to do?
1: Right. And that is <laughs> every time he whole... asks that question, I'm oh. like,
0: <gasps> yeah, it's a whole other podcast of, yeah. about how God turns the tables on us. Um, but I really think that how we were created, the things that we are passionate about, the things we want to do, the dreams and ideas that maybe some people would say are ridiculous. Those are the things that God actually wants us to do. And so if we become so one with the Father and we so abide in Him, like it talks about in John 15, if we abide in Him and His words abide in us, then we will be His disciples. We will prove to the world that we're His disciples. And But that only comes out of connection and alignment with our gifts and calling. And so I can try to be someone else. I can try and be just like someone else, but that's not my destiny. Right. And so... Um, You know, doing a podcast, it doesn't need to be like everyone else or writing my book, it doesn't need to be like everyone else. And so I'm, I think the thing I'm challenged with is to just what do you what did you put in my on my plate that is from you for this season? And how do you want me to do it? And where are you saying, I don't know, Jill, do whatever you want. I made you I made you so perfect that you can do it just like you. And that will be just my will.
1: I love so. that so much. That's, that's such a beautiful place to be challenged in. And I'm going to be super excited to see the fruit of it, too, oh. and just what comes <laughs> of that
0: challenging of this season for you me too thanks well Shelby it was so great to have you on my podcast today it was so much fun oh my Uh, goodness I'm so glad and so I'm just going to thank you and thank our audience for listening but before um, we leave can you tell people where they can find you how can they follow up and learn more of Shelby oh man I'm going to screw up your last name again you got this French yes yes, nice Shelby (laughs) Havot Miss Hollywood living in LA I love it before
1: Mm -hmm. I got married uh, oh You'll remember the story. I'll tell it super quick. But before I got married, my last name was Thomas solid right. solid name but it was just very bland to me and I remember asking the Lord uh, to marry somebody with a fun last name and I think that you actually told me one day you're like I feel like the Lord's just saying that you're gonna marry somebody with a fun last name I little did? did I know yeah <laughs> little did I know that I would marry a Harvo and that I would have to then spell out my name every single time I called anywhere because <laughs> nobody <laughs> knows so just be careful what you asked for um, uh,
0: so funny well
1: Honestly, everything is very up and coming for me right now. Uh, like we're talking about perfectionism, I haven't gone after a lot. So, the first way to connect is my blog. And that is going to be up and live most likely by the time everybody's hearing this podcast. And that's going to be Shelby Harveau, H A R V E A U X dot <laughs> com. So, that's probably the best way. Or you
0: can find me on social media. Perfect. Well, you know, and I'll also um, on the show notes, there'll be links to Shelby and all the different things that we talked about today. So Shelby, thanks again. I just love you, my friend. Uh,
1: I love you, too. Thank you so much for having me. It was so
0: fun. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Jill Monaco Show. You can find out more about Shelby Harvo when you go to jillmonaco.com podcast. Just click on the show notes to find all the links we mentioned today. And while you're there, leave me a comment and let me know your thoughts on this podcast. And so you don't miss an episode of The Jill Monaco Show, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, too. Just search for at Jill Monaco. Now, if you are inspired, encouraged, or challenged by what we talked about today, please share this podcast with your friends and on social media. You can tag me, at Jill Monaco, so I can continue the conversation with you. Thanks for tuning in today, my friends. And remember, love well. You are made for it.